Larry, can you bring up the slide from that last song that said sons and daughters? It was like the third or fourth slide there. Uh, Happy Mother's Day to you mothers out there. Uh, I know that today's an amazing day filled with a lot of stuff, uh, right? Uh, A lot of thoughts. Uh, Has anybody as a mom failed before? If you could just raise your hand if you failed one one day, just once, just once. Uh, Of course, right? Of course. Uh, uh, I was enjoying the song. Uh, This is what it says. There's hope for sons and daughters who have wandered on their own. Um, Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Uh, Some of you are those sons and daughters. Some of you are those sons and daughters. Right now, uh, there's sin in your life. There's things that you've done that your mom, I hate to break it to you, weeps for sometimes every night. Uh, because she hopes for you. She hopes in the Lord for you. Um, You moms there, uh, I know many of you have wandering kids, wandering sheep, and your heart breaks for them, and you wish you could uh, just get them on the right path or at least smack them, right? Uh, uh, And I just want to say to you, I just want to say to you in the Lord, uh, God's not done. God's not done. And so we continue to hope and pray. We continue to encourage. We continue to leave that door open uh, for repentance and to cheer for them as we can. Uh, and I just want to remind you that uh, God's not done with your kids or your grandkids or your, even your great-grandkids. Um, happy Mother's Day to you. Uh, I, I wanted to... Uh, It's just great to be with you. I am so encouraged. Some of you are here because it's Mother's Day and you came with your mom. Uh, What a blessing. What a blessing to sit by your mom on Mother's Day. Um, I love it. I love it. I love to see it. Uh, That's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, Turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31. And we're going to look at this great passage today. Uh, that speaks of really uh, the worth of a woman. And um, <clears throat> I, yeah, let, let's just read it. Let's just read. If you'd stand in honor of God's word, I'd like to read to you from Proverbs chapter 31. Sorry, Larry, I told you from the first verse, verse 10. We're going to start at verse 10. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. And we're going to uh, read, I'm going to read for you. Uh, the rest of the chapter, which is focusing on a woman who fears the Lord. God's word says this, an excellent wife, who can find? Uh, She is far more precious than jewels. Uh, The heart of her husband trusts in her and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks uh, wool and flax and works with willing hands. She, like the ships of the merchant, she brings her food from afar. Uh, She rises while yet it is night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. Uh, She considers a field and buys it. Uh, With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. Uh, She dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. Uh, She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the this, this staff and, and her hands hold the spindle. Uh, and she opens her hand to the poor and she reaches out her hands to the needy. 
She is not afraid of snow for her household, uh, for all of her household are clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Uh, She makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and, and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but the woman, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands. And let her works praise her in the gates. God, I ask your blessing on this passage to us. I pray for the men and the children here today that they would open their ears to hear your word. God, I pray that all would be encouraged to walk faithfully with you today. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, Could you define woman for me? I just wanted to say that. Uh, I, was, I wasn't asking you to. I just, I knew most of you, most of you knew what that was. Anyways, um, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, uh, we've uh, been doing Wisdom of the Week for uh, a little over a year now, where we ta- take one proverb and we, we look at it. And uh, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs is compiled, much written by Solomon, compiled as well. And it's written for young men. Um, and I, you could ask the question, sometimes we ask a lot of questions of the scripture and we say, well, why was there this teaching specific to young men? What, why do young men t- need to be taught? None of you ask that. None of you ask that, right? It's obvious why young men need to be taught. Uh, many of them are driven by their, their fleshly passions and, and run headlong into life without thinking about the ramifications. And so you have this book that is compiled for the young, especially for young men, but it's for all of us. It's for all of us as it's inspired word of God that we might see. Some have said that the book of Proverbs is, um, is like common sense for people, for humanity, common sense for humanity. Well, I would say today, maybe we should say that differently. It's uncommon sense, right? Because if it was common, we all would know it, right? And we wouldn't need to be taught, but it is, does need to be taught. And especially to those men, especially young men, it's a special call. And in this amazing book, uh, the book of Proverbs, Uh, It concludes with this chapter on what? What it is to be a woman. What is the value of a woman? What is the worth of a woman? What makes a woman uh, as she is intended to be in the eyes of God? Which we come to Proverbs chapter 31. And I think I titled the message, The Best Woman in the World. And, uh, And I think that uh, some of you women cringed when you looked at that title. 
uh, because you say, oh, no, some pastor is going to tell me what it is to be a woman. It, and I get it. I get it. I get it, ladies. You know, and no man's going to tell me what it is to be a woman. He has no idea. It's true. I don't. I don't. I have a fairly long resume. Um, I had a mom. I had a mom. I live with a mom. I have two daughter-in-laws that are moms. And I have potential for more. I have potential for more. So I know a bunch of stuff, okay? Um, I'm not going to really talk to you today, ladies. I, I want you to hear and I want you to be encouraged by the word of God. As you look to Proverbs chapter 31, I want to encourage you uh, to, for that to encourage you to be the woman that God wants you to be. I think there's so many uh, ideas of what it is to be a woman in crazy crazy extremes even in our culture today Uh, but he starts out in verse 10 and he says this uh, an excellent wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels you think about that and you think about uh, the idea of jewels or silver or gold in that culture it was the most valuable thing and even used as money and so at the outset, when he talks about women, and some people disagree with this as it looks at the scriptures, say, oh, the, the Bible is just all about misogynist and, you know, and masculine power and all these other things. And you look at this, and as part of God's intended wisdom for young men, he says this, her worth, a good wife, a woman, is far more worthy than any wealth that you could have. And I, I, I want to highlight that for you young men here today, especially those of you young men that aren't married, that you might say to yourself, who needs it? It sounds like a, a lot of problems. And I want to say it is a lot of problems if you choose a woman, if you choose a woman that doesn't love the Lord. And so as you see this this morning, just know this, this, this is the idea of the best woman in the world. Um, and it's, it, it, it's the best woman in the world, but it's also for you uh, as we read this to, to be, able to be able to see what a wife should look like, you know, for you. And I think for you women, for you to look at it and go, this is what God calls me to be. This is what he calls me to be. And for you men to go, this is what she should look like. This should be in seed form as we uh, find one another and we decide on a lifetime together. And so uh, this is helpful for us. It's helpful for young men, obviously. Why? Because young men uh, are drawn uh, to all kinds of foolishness in this world, of pornography, of uh, of chasing after the things that they just want and as opposed to being a man that they should be. And so this is corrective for them. It's good for young women who are pressured by those very things over and over and over again uh, to be something or to be a man or to be uh, someone that compares to some celebrity influencer that's wicked in the eyes of God. Wicked. And so it should be helpful for you young women. It should be good for you husbands uh, to realize that uh, your wife is of value. You can see things in her life where she is pursuing these very things written in here. And it'll be helpful for you and obviously for the women. It's hard to be a woman 
Uh, I was thinking about this. Why is it hard to be a woman or a wife or a mom? Why? Why is it so hard? It's because of us. That's why. Husbands and children. Be a pretty easy job, by the way, if it wasn't for husbands and children, right? Um, some of you put that together that, that you can't really do that. You can't really be a mom without husbands and children. Anyways, but... Um, this is where we are, uh, ladies, and I realize that it's a hard task. I realize it's not hard like uh, working in a coal mine or uh, you know, doing something dangerous like being in the military. I realize that, uh, but there's also no downtime where you can shut your mind off and say, eh, I don't care about a husband or a wife or uh, children at this moment. So I realize it's difficult, and the road is long. And it's filled with heartache, even as we had talked about before, for those sons and daughters that are wandering. I want to just briefly give you an overview of some of the things in Proverbs chapter 31 that it says of this excellent wife, uh, one that God has designed. And I'll just say it quickly. Um, But one of the things that it points out is that there's this husband-wife relationship where her husband is blessed by her. He trusts in her because of her sweet loyalty to him. It also talks about her being a worker, a shopper, and a planner. It also talks about her uh, providing food and clothing for her people. It says that she is strong and smart and generous. It says that she is wise with money, uh, but also not just with money. She is wise with words and worthy to be listened to because of the words that she says. It also says that she is not fearful of the future. Why? Because she trusts in the Lord and she knows the Lord has the days ahead. And these are the things that are written in here that identify the best woman in the world. But we come to verses 28 and 29, and I want to highlight these things into the end of the chapter. This is what it says, and this is so helpful for all of us here today to find our place and role. I think about those of you who have lost your mom, that she's passed away. And, and I was thinking about this. My mom has passed away. But to know this, that your mom would be blessed that you are here today. She'd be blessed. She, and, and I would even say this. Even if she didn't know the Lord, she would love the fact that you are trying to be someone that is good and not someone who's wicked, right? There are other places where she would be ashamed that you would be. And you look at that and you say, this is uh, kind of uh, a Mother's Day where I should be on Mother's Day. where she should be all the time. But this is uh, especially true as you think of blessing your mom. In verse 28, it says this, uh, Proverbs chapter 31, verse 28. It says this, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. I find this interesting as you look back through this, uh, this chapter, this section that talks about the worth of a woman, it doesn't talk about other people. It talks about other people being blessed, the, the people, the, the servants in her home, and even generous to the poor. But who is it? that is called and says, blesses her and praises her. It's her kids and her husband. Why is that? Uh, You you think about that, and there could be many answers to that, but chances are, ladies, uh, 
that to everybody else, to everybody else, you're just another woman. You're just another woman. You know, when you go to Albertsons, uh, and, or uh, I hate saying it out loud. You, you see me cringe every time. If you go to Walmart, don't do it. Don't do it. But, but as you're out and about in, in the community, as you're doing stuff, as you're going about, people will see you and they will say, there's a woman. There's a woman. But to your kids and your husband, there's something very different. That's my mom. That's my wife. And it's not just an identification. It's not just this, this thing where they say, oh, I know who she is. But they see what you've done. They see who you are. And I, wanna, I want you to get this. This is so important. As you look at this passage, most, most people, most ladies, most men, young men go, yep, that's what my mom should be. And, and I, I want to tell you that, that, that that's not all. There's a role for kids here. Do you see what it is? The role for kids is to notice their mom and, and what? And, and bless her. The idea of acknowledging, to praise her, to identify those things that are praiseworthy in her. I want to encourage you as I encourage the kids. As you think about your mom, tell her specific things that you know about her. Thank her for specific things she does. What has your mom done for you? I, I think about my own mom, and it, it, I grew up like most, most young men, just selfish, 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 selfish. And as I left the house and I went to college, continue to be selfish, 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 right? And, and, and you realize in your accomplishments as you accomplish high school and accomplish college and get married, and you, you, you'd like to say this one thing, kids. All of us would love to say this. I did it all by myself. I, I, I am the man that I am today because of my own hard work and doing and I want to tell you, uh, kids, adult kids, you couldn't have done it without your mom. You couldn't have done it without your mom. And so uh, there's this connection that as we understand our role in connection with moms is that we are to bless her, to, to acknowledge the, the great things that she has done. You are special because of the role of your mom in your life. That was God's design is that she would minister to you. And she did. It's interesting. Some of you are struggling right now, even as I talk, and you go, ah, my mom wasn't that good of a mom. And that, that may be true. Uh, there may be some days she missed and swung and, and, and I want to tell you that some of you are, are doing this thing where you're folding your arms and you go, hey, mom, you missed a spot. You, 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 that, that right there, you, you did wrong. You did wrong. Hey, mom, um, you, you know what I wish you would be like? So-and-so. 
that I don't know, and she's probably a dragon lady at home. Anyways, but uh, I, I, wish, I wish you were like this. I wish you were like this. Or maybe even you say, hey, Mom, you know what you should do? You know what you should do? And as we talked about even in the previous weeks for the book of Romans, when you look at somebody else's life and say, you should, just put your hand over your, especially kids to mom, because you have no idea. You have no clue. Uh, you might someday, uh, those of you who are ladies who are, uh, you know, just young ladies and you might grow, you might understand one day. You might. Uh, but know this, that your mom does things unseen. And it, even though it's not perfection, there's plenty to be praised for. Plenty that you can praise your mom for. I want to remind you ladies of this. Mom's here today. Uh, what do we do when we fail, moms? I got a great idea. Give yourself a lecture. Beat yourself up. That's helpful, isn't it? Some of you think it is, right? Maybe it's the Catholic roots. You got to you know, go do penance, right? You know. I, I, I want to tell you this, ladies. This is very important. That's why Jesus went to the cross. Be, and it's not just moms, right? It's not just moms. Dads fail miserably. Kids fail miserably. And, and it's not just about that family relationship. They fail in the eyes of a holy God. And so there's guilt. And so there's guilt and guilt. And oh, you feel bad. And what do you do with guilt? What do you do with guilt? Oh, you know, it's... It, I have a week's worth of guilt and then I'll allow myself to be happy again. Don't do it. Jesus went to the cross that you might be forgiven of your sins. And in so being forgiven of your sins, the guilt is set free and you can live. That's how you live. In the grace of the gospel. Not by you uh, doing things perfect and That's not the way. It's in Jesus that we deal with the guilt of sin. I want to come back to this. It's not that others should praise a wife or a woman. It's not that others should praise. And I want to encourage you ladies not to look for it in others either, right? Um, I I think that uh, wives so often, because their husbands and their kids are selfish and lost in themselves. They go to Facebook and Instagram and they look for likes and they have needy posts of this is my picture and this. And they're looking for other ladies to come through and say, oh, you're beautiful and you're this and you're, you're worthy and this and that. And I want to tell you that that's not the place. The place is that your husband, your husband and your children would see who you are and what you've done. And they would be the ones to praise you. And I want to tell you, men and kids, that your mom wife should know that you see what she does and she's the best woman in the world for you. Which brings me uh, to verse 29. I'm sorry, 20, yeah, 29. The husband... It seems as the husband, but I I think this is the children and the husband say this. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. I remember Rebecca's um, 
grandfather, I, I talked to him about his wife and he would always get a twinkle in his eye and he said, yeah, but she was, I was like Adam and she was like Eve. She was the only woman in the world for me. And I, and I think about that and I think about this principle right here and, and I really believe that's what's being said here is that not every woman could be the greatest woman in the world. There's a math problem there, right? Uh, you can't all be tied for number one, right? Because then there would be no number two. And it really, anyways, uh, I'll, you guys can figure that out. But, but the point here is this, that there's an acknowledgement from kids and husband that, that she is the best one for you. She is the best one for you. And I want to tell you, husbands, kids, that's for you to communicate. That's for you to communicate with your mom and wife. Uh, I, I want to point some things out. Um, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 14. This is what it says. Look at this. Same book, same book. Hey, dumb young men who need wisdom. This is, this is what I want you to know. This is how you got to set up life. This is how you got to think through what it is so that you would have a life that honors God. What does it say? Houses and wealth are inherited from fathers, okay? Some of you are going, great, good to know, good to know. Hey, Dad, what you got? Uh, uh, but He says, houses and wealth are inherited from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. And, and, and what, what it's putting there is this, that you can get houses and wealth other places. In fact, there's kind of a, a, a thing that is passed down. It's part of our culture. It's part of generations that, that you have after your, your father passes away and there's junk left over. You will get that. You'll get that. But where can you get a good wife? You, your dad can't pick it out for you. You can't go to a store. Match.com, right? And this idea that there's some other way. I want to point this out. It's very important. Young men, young women, parents who have desires for their kids and grandkids. If there is a godly marriage, if there's a beautiful union, if there's something that God would have and be honored in, it's from him. It's a gift. It's a gift from him. And so we depend on him and we look to him and we listen to him in his word. That a, a, a beautiful wife, a wonderful wife is from God. It's a blessing. It's a gift from him. And so as you think through your wife and your mom, you realize there's this thing that's happened that it wasn't just a roll of a dice. It wasn't just go to the hospital and take the next kid that comes out, right? It wasn't by random chance. It wasn't even by ships passing in the night and bumping into each other and, oh, you know, the stars aligned. It wasn't that at all. It was God's intention. It was God's intention that your family came together, husband, wife, and kids. And so you should... Uh, you should ponder that, ponder that. Uh, 
and, and, and say, why has God placed me here? Well, he's placed me here to be a blessing. Uh, he has placed me here to be a mom of these kids, and I am to be a kid of these parents. This is my wife. This is my husband, a gift from God. Which causes me to, to, to really just say this, and especially kids need to know this. Our lives are connected. Our lives are connected. And as you get older, you realize they're connected. And I always think it's funny to ask kids what they love about their mom. And they'll say, well, I love that she makes me sandwiches. I, I love that that she lets me do whatever I want. That's always a kid who's like making stuff up, right? Because I don't know of any mom that's really done that. Uh, you, you know, kids talk about funny things about their mom. But many times as, as they grow older, they say this. They say, it's my life. I'll do whatever I want. She shouldn't care. He shouldn't care about my life because I'm old enough to decide for myself. It's my life anyways. And I want to tell you, know this. And just, you know, this is how God set this up. You have parents, parents. Out of that, uh, that husband-wife relationship comes kids. And they're forever connected. They're forever connected. And, and what you do as a kid is connected back uh, to your parents. And specifically today we celebrate the mom. I, I want to point this out too. In Titus chapter 2 verses 3 and 4. Titus chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And this is another one of those verses, the, the best woman in the world verse, right? Okay. And, and why is it the best woman in the world voice, uh, verse? Because it connects ladies trying to make your job description simple, simple. We love when things get simple. Things get complicated real quick. And this is one of those verses, these passages that makes it simple. And he says this. Older women, and this is a passage of older men, older women, uh, younger women, younger men. And by the way, it only says one thing for the younger men because they just couldn't get past the one, right? Uh, being self-disciplined or self-controlled. Anyways, uh, Titus chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine, but they are to do this. They are to teach what is good and so train young women to love their husbands and their children. And what I couldn't get away from as I was studying, thinking about Proverbs 31, it's, it's the woman, the excellent woman. There's these other people, but it doesn't say much about them. There's this, there's this woman. There's a husband. It says something about him and it says something about their kids. It doesn't say anything about anybody else. And, and, and this unique relationship, and it, it needs to be focused on. It needs to be cherished. And you look at this, and older women, uh, you are to teach this. Teach this to the younger women to love their husbands and children. And, you know, you could, we could talk a lot about that. Why is it this singular thing? Why is this simple thing for the ladies of loving their husbands and children because they're difficult to love, right? 
They're difficult to love. And you may not immediately see the benefit, ladies. It may seem like a bottomless pit. And so older women are to look and help the younger women to invest in those sort of ways. And I want to tell you that it's, you can just go back to Proverbs 31 where that, that woman is, the things that she is doing is to bless her husband and her children and to make that her legacy, make that the thing that goes on. And so I just think it's important for the kids here today, and we all are kids to some degree or another. We are children of a mom. For us to remember that my life, what, what I am and who I am, uh, my life came from her and was her life. Uh, and so we should think that through as we live our lives. I want to go through a, a, a few Proverbs here and make it clear for the kids here today. And uh, know this, that second service, I told Caleb, we're not doing youth class today. They get to sit in the service with me, uh, second service. They don't know it unless they're listening to uh, Anyways, um, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. Uh, The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is sorrow to his mother. Okay? You get it? A wise son makes a glad father. And and this is taking the father and the mother and probably taking something that, that leans to the father, but also something that leans to the mother, not that... A foolish son doesn't bring sorrow to his father as well, but I think that there's this. And what does it say? But a foolish son is sorrow to his mother. I I don't want to ask you to remember, but I do want you to, did you ever make your mom cry? And did you do the math when she was crying and you saw the tears coming and then you went, oh, I did that. Those are the things that I'm responsible for. I brought sorrow to my mother. I remember doing that. Uh, Not my best day. Not my best day. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 20. Once again, uh, it says this, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish man despises his mother. Despises his mother. And I I want you to get this too, that we're not just talking about a 12-year-old here, right? As you grow to be a man, even if you move out, even if you're, you know, you're, you're, you're older and your mom is older, your life still matters to your mom. Your life still matters to her. And it is hurtful to her. If we dishonor the Lord, it will bring uh, that hurt to her so much so that it's as if that foolish man is despising his mother. Proverbs seventeen twenty five, And this is a double bad one, Okay. A foolish son is grief to his father. We spoke of that earlier. I said that it was coming. And bitterness to her who bore him. Bitterness. Uh, that's not just a passing moment of hurt, but this idea of why, and you know, hurt and resentment and that, that feeling of ugliness as it comes up. And we'll end up here in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 25. This is the positive one, right? Let your father and your mother be glad. Let her who bore you rejoice. 
And I just want to tell you, I just want to mark this here, okay? Uh, why should you do what's right? Why should you do what's right? Some of you are going straight for the, you're in church. Why should we do what's right? Jesus, right? It's Jesus. The, the Bible tells me so. Yes. But what the Bible tells you is this, that God created you. He created you. He made you a certain way. He has a plan for your life. His plan for your life is that you would have a father and a mother who we're celebrating today and that you would grow not to be separate from them as you grow older, but that you would connect with them. And and this is what should happen to you. This is what should happen out of your life. Your mom and dad should rejoice at your life. They should rejoice. Um, I, I want to come back to this. The grace of the gospel message. Kids of all ages here today. If you've hurt your mom. If uh, you say, I'm a disappointment to her. That's, that's a weasel way out when you say, I'm a disappointment to her. Are you a disappointment to God? And it's not just about being a disappointment that he had wrong expectations. Have you sinned against God? Is your life in in ugly, high-handed rebellion to him saying, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And it's okay because it's my life. I want to tell you, if, if that's where you are, repent, repent, quit, surrender, come back. For, the, for some of you who have been wondering, come back, come back. Do what's right today. Yeah, but I haven't been doing Repent, that's what it is. I look at this and I go, um, this, this passage is talking about God's intention or God's creation for the family relationship centering on the, the mom or the wife. But I want to tell you it has implications. And, 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 and kids here today, that you, your life matters to God, but it also matters to your mom. And so as you follow God, as you do what he wants you to do, there will be great healing and blessing to your dad, but also to your mom. I encourage you to do so. In verses 30 and 31, we find the life of the woman that fears the Lord. And and I just stop here and say this. There's a couple other times in chapter 1, but also the following verses where it talks about fearing the Lord as being really the key. And it means being in right relationship with God for a, a man or a woman or a young man or a young woman that they would be in right relationship with God, that they would be trusting and fearing in him most of all, that there would be this singular focus of them to say, what does God think of my life? And it says this in verse, verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. It's not that women should not be charming or beautiful. 
In fact, they're drawn to do so, and it's obvious that they are. But for that to be the focus of life, there would be an emptiness to it. But it it highlights for this, really this whole chapter, what the beautiful woman looks like is one who fears the Lord, and she is to be praised. Does your mom, do you want what God has for you? Do you follow after him? Do you desire that for your kids? Do you hope for that for your husband? That is to be praised. That is to be praised. It's interesting, it ends uh, this chapter where it says, give her the fruit of her hands or let her works praise her in the gates. It's not a persona. It's not a, a, you know, a look about her. It's not doctoring up the photos and somehow uh, showing herself to be beautiful. It's the things that she is and does that causes one to praise her and it coming from what she has done. I want to encourage you all uh, to think deeply about what it is to be a woman. Uh, For those of you young men to know what a woman is, that you might be able to identify the one that you would pursue and spend the rest of your life with. You young ladies to know who you are, uh, not who the world wants you to be, but who you are because of God creating you and saving you, uh, that you would know that. And for those of us who are older, uh, to praise our wife. Uh, For those of us who are older women, uh, that you would uh, continue in this way. I, I, I want to praise you today, and I do, because you're here, because you're desiring. It's so encouraging to me that in our world that we have ladies who still want to be what God has intended for them. Please join me in prayer as we ask, and we pray for the ladies of our church and specifically the moms this day. God, thank you. Thank you uh, for your instruction uh, from the Bible. God, we thank you that you, in your creation, uh, you knew what was best. And so, God, I ask that you would, as we consider the family, kids, parents, specifically moms, Lord, that you would be glorified in the families represented here today. God, I pray for those ladies who are struggling today uh, for whatever reason, either not being married and wanting to be or being childless or losing their spouse or um, just life not turning out the way they wanted it. Lord, I, I pray that they find the grace from you today that they can rejoice in you and all these things and continue to be faithful and pursue you even as things are difficult. God, I pray for all the the moms here today, Lord, that you'd give them strength and that you'd give them clarity of what you desire them to be and the grace and the gospel to live guilt-free lives, not because they're perfect, but because they know the forgiveness that's found in Jesus. And God, I ask that their investment both in their husband and and their children, their grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Lord, I ask that you would cause that to flourish, that uh, the things that they've invested in, the works that they have done, especially when it comes to the raising of children, that that would come back to bless them. God, thank you uh, for all that you have done. Thank you for Bear Valley Church. In Jesus' name, amen.